Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cyclone Fanatic Podcast on the road in Kansas City. And it's uh, Friday morning after Iowa State losing to Texas Tech in a heartbreaking fashion. Well, kind of. It stands, it was it was heartbreaking to watch that game. Not in like the traditional sense, but it was heartbreaking. I At think, least they scored 40. I think, dis- I think disappointing probably is a better way to put it. Uh, I just... I don't know that it would I, it, it would be hard to call anything a heartbreaker when you lose by 31 points, I think. Uh, like I said, disappointing because I think everybody was really excited to get back to Kansas City and hopefully make a long weekend of this, you know, following the men and the women. Uh, Still can. But, man, that was – it proved out that that was as bad a matchup as, as Iowa State could possibly get. It's going to be trouble for we'll, a lot of teams. We'll get to that here. Uh, I do want to thank our, our sponsors for – Basically, being the reason that we are on the road in the off season, I'll write a little bit about. I don't want to bore people with like our new business model and stuff, but we're changing things up a little bit, and it's we've got a lot of really good supporters who are backing us. And I just want to thank them all real quick. You'll hear the ads, their podcast ads throughout the month of March. Our friends at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care, Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson, Country Landscapes, Fairway and the Iowa Event Center. Uh, thank, uh, if you guys don't mind, tag them on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and thank them for uh, helping us cover the Cyclones uh, throughout the month of March. And we will be wherever Iowa State goes next week. And that'll be a theme of today's podcast. Let's start with last night. Jared, I, lo- I loved your column after the game. And I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agreed with you. I. I mean, if you listen to my and Bloom's podcast on Sunday, my initial reaction was, damn it, I wish that we would have gotten Baylor. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, like, I hate this matchup with Tech. It's 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 almost Iowa State's kryptonite because players one through nine are, like, you're, you're doing the same thing, but they're all better. Yeah. They're all bigger, faster, and stronger. That was the one thing that stood out to me. That was the first time this year, the, the first Tech game, I had, like, a sick hit or something, and I wasn't there. I watched it on TV. That's the most stout basketball team I think I've ever seen at the college. Now, there's, I've seen longer, mm-hmm. but all of those dudes look like NFL linebackers. And that's a really – like putting that putting those guys up to Jazz Koontz and Caleb Grill is just a it, – it, 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 it is glaring like when you look for where Iowa State wants to be as a program – that's a way where they're going to have to grow, just get bigger, faster, stronger, aside to the talent thing, which we all know when you're 
scoring 41 points, you need to get better offensively and skilled and all that stuff. But, man, like, it was staggering to me how big that Texas Tech team was. Yeah, I think it's it's staggering how big they are. Their explosiveness, yeah. I think, is really staggering as well. And, and I mean, they were just – they were so fast to the ball and things like that. I mean, whoever the strength and conditioning coach is at Texas Tech deserves a raise, yeah. a, a considerable one. I mean, and they're, they're doing a, a fantastic job of preparing that team, and you can tell that they really prepare them to play the style that they do. And that's why I knew going into the game, and, I, you know, Scott and I kind of talked about this on our podcast earlier in the week. It was like, I know that there is a path to winning, but I think that the path to winning is so incredibly unlikely that it – it, the game really could go one of two ways where they obviously was either going to win close or probably get their asses kicked and you know tech comes out not only does iowa state really not play very well but tech plays one of their best games of the year and hits you know you said to me early in the game i want to say it was maybe the second or third possession kevin mccullers hits a three-pointer in the, in the corner with a hand in his face and you said if they're going to make that this is going to be a long night and obviously that proved out to be true yeah and then when when Iowa State starts like one of eight from three mm-hmm. or whatever, I mean that. The thing is, it's bad. Like, it, and you did a good job of spelling this out in your column. You have like the elite of the elite defensive team against a poor Iowa State offense. Yeah. So, like in a best case scenario, a poor offensive team would have to shoot beyond what it's really capable of doing against the defense where and like it, I was talking to somebody at halftime like it, it's a little bit like if you if you watch the Iowa State women against Baylor where oh, okay well you can't get in the paint well, well why can't you make threes because everything's more difficult yeah and Iowa State had some looks but they weren't clean and right, like it, yeah. there were a lot of looks with the hand in your face. And when you start one of seven, and then when Iowa State gets down 14 to anybody, it's like a normal team being down 25. When you do that against Tech, yeah. like that 14 point disadvantage early on makes it all but impossible. Now, you kept telling me, and, and I agreed with you, like, you know, Tech can go. 10 minutes without scoring but the problem is against Iowa State they just get so many easy looks inside because of that physicality advantage yeah and getting the second chance points and things like that I mean it goes back to what I told you on the radio show on Monday when we did talk about the women where when you when they played Texas and Baylor you've got to be willing to take difficult shots and you have to hope that you make those difficult shots. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to score and not going to be able to do it consistently. Like, that's the only way to beat them is to take and make difficult shots. It was the same way for Iowa State last night. And, you know, the times when they got shots that were good shots, they're tough shots, but they're good shots, and they didn't make any of them. And I, I don't know how many times I said to you, you know, those are the shots you have to make if you're going to have a chance to win, to win this game. And I think it was even early on. Uh, Gabe maybe got one in the corner where they were where he was, you know, pretty open, and it was a good shot, and it just it didn't go in. And it's like, man, if they're not going to make those shots tonight, then they're not going to win, you know. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that it should be surprising to anybody that the number one defense in the country held the number 136 offense in the country to, you know, 41 points. I mean – even when Iowa State has had nights that you would say were good offensively, they weren't based upon 
the fact that Iowa State all of a sudden had a really good team offense. It's because Isaiah Brockington scored 35 points or Tyrese Hunter had a really big night or something like that. You know, and it's not that the offense all of a sudden was remarkably better. It's just if you have a guy who has a really big night. So that it's unfortunate because you get that bad matchup in the first round. And I think if they had had to play a Baylor, I think especially think if they'd won, figured out a way to get into that uh, semifinal and play a team like Oklahoma, I think they win that game. I do too. Know? But yeah. I just, I I have had have known for a long time that that Tech team was going to be a really bad matchup for them, and I I think that after watching them last night, I would be shocked if they do not win this tournament. Frankly, yeah, and like and let's also like not forget Iowa State beat Tech and Hilton, but that was, seven people. Yeah, exactly. And it, they didn't have Terrence Shannon, and they didn't. I don't think they had Bryson. And, and you still almost lost. Yeah, or they might not have even had Kevin Kohlers. Like they that was anybody, and that seems like it was like ten years ago, mm-hmm. too. So like. I'll give Bloom credit. Bloom came on and we did a reaction thing after that game. And Bloom was like, this – Bloom nailed it. And you look back at it now and you're like, oh, my God, he was right. He goes, this win could put you in the NCAA tournament. And, yeah. like, you take that one away. And if, if, if you remember that, like, how stressful of a game that was. And Iowa State pulls it off. And, like, the metrics, right, loved it. They don't they don't realize that stuff. But, like, I had a lot of people, like, on Twitter last night, well, we beat this team. Well, not really. Like, maybe on the surface you did, but it was a shell of them. And then, right. like, even their, you know, some of their backups were about ready to steal one at, at Hilton from you. Right. I mean, I I walked away. I was, I was so impressed with it. I mean, Adonis Arms was fantastic. God, they're just, they're just great, know? yeah. And, and He's I, a hell of a coach, too. Dude, someone you got, like, I give a lot of credit for, too, man, and I – Shout out to Steve Prohm for being the first guy to offer Clarence Nadolny, dude, because I think that kid is awesome. I yeah. think that that guy is a really, really good player. And, uh, I mean, him and Chris, like I think him and Chris Beard were the only two people who recruited him. And it was like, I don't know how he was not on the radar, because I think he would play, probably be a starter and be a key player for a lot of teams in the country right now. But he just plays for Tech, where he's got to be a backup. I don't know. I It will come down to how games are officiated when they get into the NCAA tournament. No doubt. But I I think that they're the best team I've seen all season, if I am completely honest. I, thought, I also only saw Kansas yeah. live without without Agbaji. So. I thought Baylor the first time I saw them live. Yeah. They, they thought, didn't look anything like that last night, though. No. that And that and I don't care if they weren't locked in or not. I, w- I was not impressed by them. I, I would fade them in the tournament, I yeah. think. And I, and it's not I would fade the, them and I would ride tech for sure. I think that the week of rest can be really big for them because I think you can tell, like, Adam Flagler's back is, is really banged up. You mm-hmm. know, he just doesn't look anything the same. Akinjo was kind of going crazy in the second half of that game last night. And, like, Matt Meyer did some weird things where he wasn't being very aggressive. So, like, if maybe you get this week off and, like, those guys can kind of reset, I mean, they've played a lot of basketball in the last – Four years. That group, yeah, you know? but that, uh, Baylor, Baylor losing that game was pretty predictable. Yeah, no matter who they were going to play, um, and it will be interesting to see how they bounce back because clearly they have they have the talent and the coaching to win the national title. But right, but I don't know. I don't want to overreact either because really, like we've we've learned these conference tournaments don't right. really mean that much, but they're they're fun and you want to win them but like as far as like a predictor goes to the NCAA tournament they're somewhat irrelevant yeah and that's what I'm saying like I I could still see that team go in the final four somehow but I I think that the things with the 
with looking beat down is concerning because they looked more beat down than I even expected them to. I want to talk about Iowa State specifically here and less on tech from for a minute because I'm trying to address like what what some of the fans are asking and um, I mean it's basically like the difference between Iowa State now and let's say Iowa State in December and honestly I don't think there's much difference I think that you're in the Big 12, hyper-physical, you're scouted better, and it's just you, you, you just see more, and it's more apparent the, how limited Iowa State truly is. Mm-hmm. I really think that that is the basis of it. Like, they weren't – like, it, I think people were quick to forget, like, that Creighton game was not a good offensive game. No. <laughs> they scored – Iowa State scored in the 40s against Jackson State. The, right. right? Like, but you – you kind of like lose track of that because you won those games, right? But this was never a team that I mean the the, the games that they did perform well offensively seemed more to be anomalies, or they really were, you know, create. You had a ton of fast break points and like you know different type of looks, like getting into transition, all that. Yeah, that's what the Iowa game was. Yeah, exactly. You know. They didn't like run like awesome half court sets against the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then even. You know, that game when they played fairly well offensively against Kansas, like, it, it in portions, like, it's because they were making Kansas turn the ball over, you know, and not scoring against a set defense. And I think that was the one thing that I was – I guess it's hard because they weren't really creating any turnovers or anything like that. But I thought Iowa State did have some opportunities to run against Tech and didn't seem to take advantage of those, you know. But it is what it is. Like, I, I just think this team – how did this team win 20 games? Like, if we're being completely honest, when you just look at the makeup of the roster, the fact that they've won 20 games is remarkable, I think. I would agree. Here, let me ask you this question. And this is not – I don't mean to put this against anybody. You've got Isaiah Brockington. You've got Tyrese Hunter. Top to bottom. Would you rather have this roster or Loyola Chicago's roster? Loyola. Yeah. I think top to bottom. Yeah. Because I just think that this is a mismatch of like of a mismatch of guys that are just playing roles that like Which, this is what you have to do because it's the only things you can do. And it's a credit to those guys for buying in the way that they right. did. Right. You know, early on and I again I just I truly don't think that they're doing different things. I no. think that <laughs> I think again it's scouting, it's the competition so much better. And that kind of moves into why like a little bit optimistic going into the NCAA tournament because you get out of this godforsaken league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I don't know. I mean Iowa State could very well be one and done. Like I yeah. mean that I probably more than a fifty percent chance that they will be, in my mind. But you also uh, you and I have both talked about this a lot, how we the Big 12 this year reminds us of those old Big East teams. Yeah. And if you if you get the right type of officiating and you make some shots, maybe you can surprise some people too, which goes to your column yesterday about matchups, right? Mm-hmm. And that – verbalize that to our audience, how important that is. And, and I think that this speaks to – we're recording this before the Iowa State women's game. It's the same as them. Yeah. I don't really – I mean, I hope they're a two seed, but – if there are three, it really doesn't matter. What matters to them is not getting one of these matchups where you have a six-five big, 
who can lock down Ashley Jones going into the post, right? Like length and athleticism bother the women. For the men, they really want to get a hoy ball style. That's what they want to play. Yeah, that they can beat up. Like that's that's the goal here as we near Selection Sunday. Well, think about this. I mean, think about those those Hoiberg teams. Which ones are the or not? And even Steve's first couple teams. Which ones are the ones in the tournament that gave them the most trouble? It's the ones like they play now. Yeah. You know, like that's what UAB tried to do. Slow the game way down, and you're going to eliminate the number of possessions. You're going to defend the shit out of them, and you're going to really get after it. And then. you know, Virginia was the same way when they played them in the Sweet 16. Um, Purdue, which I actually, you know, we've talked about this millions of times, but Iowa State had an opportunity, I think, in that game to be able to take advantage of some mis- some mismatches that they had that made them a really tough matchup for that Purdue team. They just weren't able to do it, you know, but or they didn't do it for the <laughs> the correct amount of time that they needed to. They only did it for 20 minutes instead yeah. of the full 40. But uh, like those are the things that you have to look at when you look at these games, and I think this Iowa State team, you know, if they play at Purdue, Purdue is made up the exact—I mean, more or less the exact same way. That could be the exact same freaking team with just different names, you know. Yeah. But they lose Iowa by State, thirty to Purdue. Yeah, but they'd get their butts kicked by Purdue because you don't have. They lose by thirty. Yeah, you you don't <laughs> have you don't have the guys who can take advantage of a matchup and play small. That it's like okay, we're gonna put Jazz Coons at the five. I mean, what like why would Jazz Coon scare Purdue to take Zach Eady or Trevion Williams off the floor? He's not going to. But he, Deontay Burton. Yeah. Could, could I was just going to say, Jazz, I love Jazz. He's not Deontay Burton. Yeah, and, and just realistically, if you're going to sit there, so then now you know, okay, well, we have to play Purdue's game. Iowa State's not going to win that game. They don't have the they, they don't have the good enough or enough talent in the front court defensively, especially to be able to limit guys like that. And it would just make it a really tough game for them, I think. And that's where I think you know, even if you play, man, I think even if you play a team like Arizona, like I think Iowa State can, that's can the, contend in that game. That's the one seed I want. And your only concern would be if Arizona just gets ridiculously hot from the three. And then if that's the case, you're going to lose to a eight seed who would do that too. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's exact, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Like it doesn't matter at that point. You just got to tip your cap to somebody. But I, I think it's someone like Arizona, man, I think as, I think even someone like Gonzaga, Iowa State could probably give a little bit of trouble to. Like the obviously they've got the guys in the front court that are such a, a problem, but I think Iowa State could probably do some things to make their life a little bit more difficult. Guys like Chet and, and Drew Timmy, but I, I don't know, dude. Like I, I just think at the end of the day too, we have to remember that like this for the program to even be in the NCAA tournament is insanity. <laughs> And the fact that they're gonna hang, they're gonna roll a banner down next year for Iowa State basketball two years after going 0 and 19, like you like to say in the Big 12. I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. And, and and I understand like the fans will some like the very vocal ones will come back to that. Well, it's a completely different team, and that actually makes it even more impressive because again, like the time that they had and like the sheer numbers of people that they had to replace. I, and, and, and TJ got very vocal about this after the game. He was he was annoyed with a specific question that he thought was kind of doubting the team. And, like, these guys came from all over the country and they completely bought into, frankly, a boring and not fun style. Mm-hmm. And they did it, and a collective unit has them in the NCAA tournament when really they don't have a business to be with their talent. Yeah. And that that's a win for... The group of players and the coaches. That's a that's a win for everybody, including us as fans. 
Um, and it, is, but it, like, I get it. Like, cause my wife, I like to reference my wife cause she doesn't really watch sports. Yeah. She, she, she will watch Iowa state men's. She likes basketball more, probably more than football, but she, it is what it is. She responded to me last night and goes, well, it's just hard to watch them lose by 30. Yeah. And I get that. Um, I understand that because it looks like, oh, they're not competitive and all this stuff. And, and frankly, last night they were not. But the, one of the things I wanted to talk about today is I have so many people tweeting at me. And I'm not being critical of you guys, but I'm trying to explain this process. Last night's game doesn't matter any more to the tournament committee than the Creighton game did in December. It's the same. It's the exact same. So, like, I mean, I had hundreds of people tweeting at me, like, oh, we're not going to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they are. They weren't even close to the bubble. <laughs> yeah. And, and people need to understand, like, the body of work is um, 30 games or whatever it is, and they all mean the same. Jackson State, like, if Jackson State would have worked its way up to a quad one win, it would have mean the same as Baylor. Yeah. It doesn't matter, like, the conference. Like, it, last night was on a big stage, and you flopped. I get it. And it is awful to watch your team struggle to break 40 points. But to say, like, I had a lot of people like, well, we don't even deserve it. Yeah, they do, because they've done the work to get there. Yeah. And they and won I, the games. They yeah, won the they've games. won the – dude, a, less than a week ago, they were leading Baylor in Waco by with three minutes to play. Mm -hmm. They can play at that level. Yeah. It's just really – you. With this team, like I, one guy on our premium board, I thought it was a really good post. Like the highs are high and the lows are really low with this team. But I think that speaks to the general talent level of the team. Yeah, absolutely. And their limitations. When you get a team that can really put the put their thumb on Iowa State's limitations and really press on that and force them to really play into those limitations, you're good. I mean, they're going to get their butts kicked because they're really limited in those moments, you know. And you know. I think at the end of the day, like coming into the year, what was our whole conversation about? You need to do something to get some momentum, to get something positive going so that then you can recruit your next team and you can recruit these next pieces and get something to show those guys like, hey, this is what we're trying to do. All we need, we need to get better players, you know, and do what we need to do to like get guys that are going to come in and be, you know, more talented, especially offensively. You need another guy who can create for you. You need another guy who can – I think you need a guy who can create their own shot if on the perimeter better than what – you know, more than just Isaiah. But how can anybody sit here and say they don't have that now? They're going to go to the NCAA tournament, you know. Yeah. It's going to be a lot easier to recruit to a team that just went to the NCAA tournament than a team that you're taking over that just literally won two games, went 2-22. and 22. This is the anti um, – like – that McDermott team that had all those pros, Brackens, yeah. Garrett, um, Johnson, that couldn't ever get on the same page and play as a collective unit because they were all more – I wouldn't put Deontay in there, but you had a lot of me, me, me. You had a lot of people in the background, right? What about the 2018 team or 2019 team? Yeah. No, that's a great point. The 2019 team, the, the Wayne Morgan team that had, like, not NBA guys, but a lot of guys who played professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, and a, it, they had like a top 10 recruiting class with, with that team um, where we've seen over the years where you just can't collectively get these guys on the same page. These guys did all that. And I, I again, like you and me, we had an awful time watching that game. Yeah. Courtside. Like it was, Iowa State didn't have a chance once that thing was tipped off. You, and we, we saw it, but like it doesn't take away yeah. 
the work that they've put in. And I, I that's how I hope this team gets remembered. And it's they they overachieved so much in the win loss column earlier in the year that I, I they got up to the number eight in the country. Like mm-hmm. they were never the eighth best team in the country. And I remember after the Baylor game, you and I sitting there. They almost won. Yeah. They didn't play very well and they almost won. And they we played like a seed game. And at that time, they were thirteen and one or whatever it was. Yeah. And we were talking and we said we, we still thought at that time the best case scenario, everything goes right, was ten and eight for this team in the league. Yeah. We thought that was the best case scenario. Right. When they were the number eight team in the country. Right. And I just like people forget about you because you, you get up to and I get it like there's a lot of casual fans out and there. And I understand that, expectations that, should rise as, yeah. you, as you prove you're better and like absolutely. Like, but we have like it's a uh, remember where you came from type of scenario. You know. I'm excited because I think that uh, I really trust this staff when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That, I, I think we this is going to be a fun off season. Yeah, I, I think that this is going to be a good off season because it's going to give them a really solid jumping off point. And like I said, it's just a lot easier to get into a living room, especially when you're talking about the transfer portal. Dude, so many of these guys, especially guys that are going to transfer up from lower conferences, why do they want? Why do they transfer? They want to play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Why would a kid who wants to play in the NCAA tournament go and play for a team that just went 0-19? Correct. But, but it's a lot easier to sell that if you just went to the NCAA tournament. Correct. So, you know, and it's a kid nice like, to have the three pieces coming in as the freshmen. I mean, I know that they're freshmen, but pairing all those guys up with Tyrese and. I'm really excited about Watson yeah. after watching him play. We, we have all offseason to talk about this, but mm-hmm. I, I think, honestly, like, I mean, we keep getting the why don't Inaruna and Trey Jackson play thing. Like, And I love Trey Jackson. I, I love his family. Like, they're really good people. The thing about, like, him and Walker, though, like, all three of those guys would come in next year. Watson plays a little different position, but all three of them would come in and play over those guys, mm-hmm. like, immediately. Yeah. And, like, you know, and we, we saw Jaden last night. Like he looked like a fish out of water, size wise, like all that stuff. Jaden Walker's won a couple games for Iowa State. Yeah, Not so there's nothing against him. It's no, just... I'm I'm giving him a ton of. Iowa State wouldn't be going to the NCAA tournament without Jaden Walker. Yeah, without and the plays he made in those last two. Absolutely, those last two wins. So my yeah. point is the general whole. Like with those three coming in, you're already upgrading your roster. Right, right, and I and that's just. I mean, watch these guys. What they're. I mean, Eli King has been dominating. In Minnesota, like that kid is going to be really good. I think he's know? the. I think he's special. And I think people just don't. They don't understand that because he was the injury. I think really hurt him. And I mean, I even went and watched him play in the summer. And I told you, I was like, man, I just I can't say I was blown away. But it was also his second day back playing basketball, and he had played really well. I think you told me the day before, and he didn't play very well the next day. And it's like, man, yeah. you're coming back from a pretty significant knee injury, and you're just working your way back in. He's clearly back, you know. And you know, Taman's obviously going to play in the state title game tonight. I, I, people should watch that, tune into that. I think it's at seven. Uh, so this guys too are just longer like that's another it's, thing and, and they're gonna buy into this defensive system but they're also better offensive players i think you but, know attainment i'm interested to see how he can adjust to the college game because he's not he, he's not there with his as a shooter yet but just to have another guy they don't have another guy who can make plays for people you know and like they have two guys in the whole roster that can create a shot and, and isaiah can't create shots for other people as well as he can create him his own shot which there's nothing against him by any yeah. means like yeah. he is obviously isaiah has been fantastic he's for first team all big 12 for a reason and 
but like no one can expect him to be your second distributor when they when they need someone else to handle the ball Gabe Kausher's handling the ball for him Caleb Grill can't handle the ball for him you know so like they needed that second guy who can come in and be your point guard where you don't have to play Tyrese on the ball all the time and I think that's where this is going to be a big offseason I think for Tyrese he needs to get stronger Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things last night that you'd he is not strong enough yet to keep from getting pushed off of his line. And when he gets pushed off his line, he starts to, his handle's not strong enough to be able to work through that without losing the basketball. He can't play against teams like Texas Tech and not be able to hold yourself where you want to be. Watch how James Akinjo plays. You don't move James Akinjo. Yeah. You know? And that's natural progression for yeah, and it's just Yeah, and it's just getting older. But that's what I'm saying. Like this freshman to sophomore offseason is going to be big for him he knows now what do i need to do you got to get a lot stronger you know and like you got to get stronger and just to continue to improve and i told you last night his shot's getting better like he's gonna be i think one of the two or three best players in this league within the next two years but he's got to continue to make those strides to keep getting better if he can get better in the next six months as much as he just did in the last six months dude that kid is going to be unbelievable next year yeah I mean, borderline a guy that could go to the NBA. I mean, he's he's already ahead of Monte. Yeah. Now, Monte had a very different scenario that he came into. Right. So let's let's clarify that. But like, I'm just saying, like, if you look at where he is right now as a true freshman compared to where Monte was, he's he's ahead of him. And so, think about the jump that Mon- the elite Monte. You, you said this to me last night, though, Jared. You looked at it like his shot looks better now than it did two months ago. On catch and shoots, he looks so much more confident. He yeah. looks so much, more, and it's just it looks way better. And I, you know, I told you too that when he takes a dribble and into a shot, everything falls apart. That's the thing that we, uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to continue to work on and is going to be a huge key for him in the offseason. And especially, you know, to hit those little pull-ups and things like that. Think how important adding that was to Monte's game. That's what unlocked Monte's game was that ability to create for himself off the dribble and to knock down those mid-range jumpers. That's when he went from being a really good young point guard to being one of the best point guards in the country, you know. And that was in addition to the fact that he got a lot stronger and he was able to finish at the rim better and he became one of those guys who could be a 15-point a game in addition to the seven or eight assists Tyrese has that ability it's just continuing to take the strides and continuing to work I have no reason to believe that he's not going to do that and that he's not going to make those kinds of jumps and now what do you do to fill around him you know he is your centerpiece yeah that like that this year has proven to us more than anything else you've got your centerpiece for what your next three teams are going to look like hopefully you know assuming that he does not make such a leap that he can go to the leagues sooner than that but now the next three years are going to be about how do we put the best team possible around this guy you know and what can he do for us as our centerpiece to be and i think even you know in hindsight if you knew isaiah brockington was going to be this good yeah. i imagine they would have taken some different steps and yeah in recruiting I, but you didn't know i think another thing to point out too is like losing foster and henson mm-hmm the way when that, they did. Yeah. Like, that That changed every. Like, Robert Jones wasn't supposed to come in and play the amount that he is. Jazz no. wasn't supposed to be a f- playing the five. Like, there's, you know, there's, there is that stuff that happened to where, I mean, it really makes it, like, I'd love to have Blake Henson on this team. Right. Get another shooter, right? It, it, just know. for that. Like, he, he didn't play defense worth a lick, but if you can put him in and. Just to stretch the floor. Yeah, but whatever. It is what it is. But I just want to point that out. Like, I mean, 
Jones has gotten, I think, a lot better in the last I, couple of months. I think Robert Jones has improved. And I, but he, know, point being, he really had no business playing as much as he has. No, and I think even if you'd asked, I think if you'd asked both of us a month and a half ago if we thought that Robert Jones should come back to our state next year, or, you know, that should be the thing where it's like, is he still going to be here? I think I would have said no. Which really isn't even fair because he shouldn't have been on the floor. No, but, but. It's, it's also one of those things where, or if, if you'd said, if Robert Jones is playing for Iowa State next year, how are you going to feel about that? I'd say, well, I would not exactly I actually, feel I want him back. Like, and that's and that, that's what I was going to say. I think that he's gotten a lot better. He's pretty efficient around the rim at this point. I don't know what the numbers are, but, you know, if you need him to play 10 minutes a night, I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah, rim run. Yeah, push people in practice. Right, be, be a great be teammate. Physical, you know, like man, it's just think back, like I like when in 2015, if you had to play Daniel Adozi or in 2014, if you had to play Daniel Adozi for five to six minutes, nothing was going to fall apart. But you had to, if you had to play Daniel Adozi for 25 minutes, things were going to be pretty tough. You yeah, know? absolutely. And that was nothing against Daniel Adozi. He was really good at playing the role that he did in those brief moments. But you just when you start to overextend someone who is not built for that, then all of a sudden you can get into some problem and into some problems. Iowa State needs to get a guy in that front court who can play 25 minutes and can be close to a 10 rebound a game guy. Like, dude, think if they had Michael Jacobson on this team. Yeah, he'd be perfect. Yeah, I mean he would fit in really well with this group. You know, he'd and, be perfect. And. I know you guys always laughed about his three-point shooting and things like that, but at least he would be another I just guy like to who make could theoretically you. be a threat. It was just know? a Nebraska dig. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, it's just, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. You get Absolutely. that guy who had a nose for the basketball. Like, last night, that was one of the things that really stuck out to me. When you can, I don't sit courtside very often, ever, hardly. So when I'm sitting courtside and you're watching them try and rebound against Texas Tech and you're seeing guys that are considerably smaller than George Condit and Robert Jones trying – I mean – getting well above them on rebounds. That's when you start to understand the limitations of these things. It's like, it's because they don't, they're not even, yeah. they can't go and attack the basketball. The same. They need to go and get someone who can attack the basketball. The, the two guys that stood out to me last night, and I don't like singling out, but when when Walker dribbled into the left side of the lane and got mauled, yeah. <laughs> like, and then um, Kuntz, because Kuntz is playing so hard. Like, I'm not, I'm not being critical of either of these guys. Kuntz's body compared to those tech guys at the same position it's just mm-hmm. it's not it's not a fair fight right like the UFC would never sign off on that fight no <laughs> you know so uh, man up hey the NCAA tournament let's let's not let's not bury the season yet right. um Man, we're doing our our postseason. Yeah, postseason. We, we, we'll be doing that on the road somewhere next week. Yeah. Um. Well, hopefully not next week. Yeah. Um. We were we are gonna have uh, first time we're gonna do this. I'm excited about this, though. Bloom's going to co-host it with me. You'll hear from Jared. Uh, we'll have Scott Christofferson on. We'll do our whole basketball thing. Uh, we're going to have a selection reaction show. It'll be live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Cyclone Fanatic, everywhere. And we're going to do that at 8 o'clock on Sunday night where we can really react to the draw. So we're, we keep talking about matchups. and Is this a good one? Is this a bad one? Um, and we'll get everybody's opinion on that coming up on Sunday night. So I want you guys to mark your calendars. It's actually really cool. You can just, if you have like a smart TV, just pull up your YouTube app and you can follow Cyclone Fanatic, CFTV on there. And you can watch it just like a show. And Matt Van Winkle will fully be producing it. It'll be like watching a TV show. So mark your calendars for that coming up on Selection Sunday. You saw a – so I, I was actually – I'm actually hoping that Iowa State falls to the 10 line 
after the drubbing last night, I would guess that they probably won't because again, like the the committee's not like, oh, they had a bad loss. Like it, no, they lost. Mm-hmm. You know, and they and they lost to a top ten team. So like, th- th- this isn't going to be like you don't just see like the only thing I'm hoping is that their metrics offensively took enough of a hit last night that they could potentially drop drop to a 10 and then maybe have a shot at the two seed in the second round. I don't think that they could beat a one. But, uh, well, maybe they could, though. I mean, they almost won at Baylor. They almost won at Kansas. I mean, sure, on the on the right day, anything could happen. You saw a projection, though, that you liked today that had them against, like, San Francisco yeah, in the uh, first round. It's on The Athletic. This is um, – yeah, just on The Athletic. Uh, they have Iowa State as the eight seed playing against San Francisco in Greenville uh, with Auburn as the one. And that's in the East Regional where you go to Philadelphia. So, like, I mean, I wouldn't pick them to beat Auburn, but I don't know that Auburn would necessarily be a team that's going to blow them out by a million, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that that's a Texas Tech type of team that's going to, like, just beat the crap out of you to the point that you're going to get bullied into submission, you know? So, like, I think that they would at least maybe have a fighting chance to beat a number one seed, you know, and in the, again, in the NCAA tournament, you just never know what can happen, but you got to have to get beat by, if you have to get past a San Francisco team, but man, if you're going to be on the eight, nine line, would, I would take playing the number three team in the West coast conference every day of the week, twice. Absolutely. On Absolutely. <laughs> like, I don't know. And like, that's nothing against San Francisco. They've been a, a good team, but their wins and their resume is nothing compared to what Iowa state says, you know, Correct. even if Iowa state hasn't played that well down the stretch. So that's where I say like, that would be not a bad matchup at all. But then you also look at if you somehow got out of that on the the other side of that for a potential Sweet 16, you've got UCLA, Toledo, Houston, and Chattanooga. If you had to play UCLA or Houston, it might be some long nights, you know, because of the way that they play. It's the same thing. They try and play that similar Texas Tech type of style where they're going to really beat you up. But they don't quite, you know, and we obviously know what UCLA did last year. So I don't know. Yep. I think that would be – if you get a situation like that, I would walk away and be like, man – that's not a bad situation for Iowa State at all. If you get up where you're going to be matched up against like a Kentucky, I think you're getting, Iowa State would be in some serious trouble. Yeah. Or if you've got to play uh, Purdue, you know, I mentioned them before. I mean, I think that that would be not a bad scenario if you're going to end up on that 8-9 line. All right. Uh, tune into the selection, our selection reaction show. Uh, coming up on Sunday night. We have a lot of work to do tomorrow. Bloom and I will do a podcast after that, too, uh, with some other stuff. Uh, touch on some spring football, combine. Uh, we'll do just our regular Williams and Bloom thing. Uh, next week, Jared and Scott will have a bunch, and then we will be hitting the road likely on Tuesday, uh, depending on where Iowa State goes. Uh, we are still covering the women down here. Uh, Connor, Jared, and I will all be down here. Um, I'm covering them with Connor today. Then Jared will take over for the rest of the weekend. And then we have uh, Nationals Wrestling coming up next week. Nine guys from Iowa State there, so it will be uh, fun to see how that works out. Iowa State's going to need some upsets. They're going to score a lot of points, but we'll see. And it's a good time of year. So thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, Everybody stay safe out there. And uh, we will be back here on Sunday. Later.